Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining in today, which is January 29th, 2020. Oh, we're going to have a great show for you. We are going to be talking about how to condition your brain to perform better, and who doesn't want to be able to do that. Our very special guest is Dr. Terry Lindsay. Am I saying your name correctly? You sure are. Awesome. So we are going to be talking about her book, Measuring Up, a guide to help students retain their brains for maximum academic capability. Let's bring you on to the show now. Okay. Well, thank thank you so much for for having me. Um, What would would you like to know about brain optimization? Well, the first thing we would like to know is how did you get on this path? Where did it all start for you? Well, I'm originally from Oklahoma where women's basketball is only second to football. So it's serious (laughs) business. So I grew up playing basketball and then went on to coach it and then uh, moved out to California and found out in all the new brain research that muscles and brains train exactly the same. So when I got to a little uh, private school in Santa Barbara, Kate School, they sent me to Harvard and to Stanford and Berkeley and all these new places uh, where they were doing the new brain research and, and asked me to see what I could do with that. So I brought it back and we uh, piloted a program and then did our clinical trials and it's been like a game changer for kids ever since. And so I always tease people and say that was my journey from being a head coach to a head coach, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. That really is. And what a great opportunity that they gave you to go do that. Oh, I know. I know. Who would turn that down? I mean, I was, I was, um, it was amazing. And it was so much fun because all that brain research was out there and no one was using it, Denise. You know, they had all of it, but no one was doing anything with it. And so I thought, gosh, I think I can do that. So that's how we got that's how we got going. How did something like that happen? In other you words, mean, if, not using other, yeah, the research, nobody was using it. How did that happen? Well, I don't know. I you know, I'm not I'm not really sure. I mean, I think they were just so excited about all the research. I'm not sure the scientists and of course I'm not a scientist at all. I I'm just a practitioner who took the science and did something with it. 
you know, but I think the scientists were busy, you know, gathering more information and they were, you know, then still are because there's still so much about the brain that we don't know. But I was a school psychologist at the time and we would test students and, and I would see that, you know, I would say to the parents, well, this is what we have and we can accommodate you. And I, I was really frustrated by not being able to say, hey, you know what, let's fix that. You know, let's let's bring them in like a like a BMW, right? You bring it in for a tune-up and get them back on the road, and um, and so that's what was exciting for me is not only were the testing piece is now just a baseline uh, of uh-huh. where someone is, but you know, because of neuroplasticity, we know that we can raise IQ at, at any age. So that that's exciting stuff. And how's that done? <laughs> well, we train um, the brain like an athlete would train for excellence, okay? So let's say tennis, right? I don't know if you play any tennis, but... I used to. Um, okay, all right. So you know if you're going to have any success on that court, you've got to have a forehand, a backhand, and a serve, right? Those three True. basic fundamentals. Okay. Well, in to learn, you've got to have fundamental skills, too. Number one would be attention. You've got to be able to pay attention. That's the secret sauce to learning. Uh, next one is visual processing. How quickly can you take in what you see? Uh, auditory processing. How quickly can you take in what you hear? And then memory, right? It speaks for itself. And then executive functioning, that frontal lobe area that doesn't actually mature until the late 20s, organizing, yes. planning, problem solving, right? And yes. so um, if even one of those fundamental skills isn't working optimally, then learning becomes hard. And if it's hard, then they don't want to do it. And so when I first got started doing this, my ultimate goal was to just make learning easier for kids so they became lifetime learners, you know, so they wanted to uh-huh. pick up a book and read. So that's um, – but that's basically what we do. We retrain those certain areas, a target area, whatever's weaker, we retrain it and then get them back out there. So it's kind of a game changer for kids, really is. Oh, I think it would be a game changer for just about anyone. Just think of all it the is. college students as well. Oh, I know. I get a lot of college students. We get a lot of kids with concussions. We get... Um, Kids with test anxiety, uh, uh-huh. dyslexia, ADHD. Uh, okay, so we get a lot of kids who just, you know, there's nothing really wrong, but they want to raise their SAT and their ACT. They want to raise yes. their scores. And uh, so we're getting a lot more of those kids. So last year I had a student that raised his SAT score so much higher um, that his mother called me about five months later and said, Terry, you have to help me. And I said, why? How's he doing? She said, well, he did so well, they flagged him for cheating. And they ha- and so you've got to write me a letter. And I said, oh, sure, no. I'll write you a letter. You write me a testimonial. <laughs> no kidding. So, yeah, yeah they, so, so it really does. It really is kind of this ethical edge. If you want to, if you want to give your, your child an, an edge, you know, in yes. education or help, you know, and help them enjoy learning. That's, um, that's a big piece, you know? Yes. Yes. Very much so. Well, then let's talk about brain optimization. 
how how does it work? You know, how do you how do you do this? Well, how do I do it? Well, the first thing I do is do a cognitive test. Now that's about a forty five minute or an hour test, okay? And it I mean that's not very long for a test to take, but this test gives you working memory visual processing speed, auditory processing, verbal, gives you all this information. It really tells the student how they should be studying. It tells the parents how their brain processes. I mean, it's really an interesting test. And then from that test, then we target any area that might be not as optimized, right? And then we then do repetitive activities over and over and over targeting those areas like for example brain cards we have brain cards so we okay brain cat okay so in brain cards we categorize um different cards all into numbers and then letters and then into colors and they we're timing them so we're desensitizing them to being timed uh and then they have to beat their times uh, and they love them. They they are they're always like, are we doing brain cards, Dr. Lindsay? Are we brain, are we doing brain cards today? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so they, they love those. And then um, there's a couple of activities on balance boards um, where we're working on their working memory. We have bean bags and balance boards, so they're they're having to um, really maintain um, and hold on to information in their mind, but they're doing it on balance boards. So for them, it's just so much fun, right? Uh Uh And and then we, and then we have a lot of pen to paper activities because here's the thing. You have to do the thing that you want to get better at. So if you want to get better at pen to paper or test taking or those kinds of things, you have to do it. You can't, it's not something you can go online and do. Uh Um, so, and I always tell parents, they always say, well, do you have an online program? And I say, you know, computers are great for a lot of things, but if, if we could do everything online, Olympic athletes would train on Wii. Right? Exactly. Can't because we have, to, yeah, because we have to actually do the thing that we want to get To make it at. stronger. That's well, it right. makes sense. That's right. With, look at athletes, you know. The competitive athletes, they're doing the same thing over and over and over again until they get better at it. That's right. And then as soon as you as soon as you master it, then you then put another level of difficulty on it. And then okay. that makes them better and better. And that's what we call deep practice. So it takes twenty hours to change the brain. That's all. Twenty hours to make oh. that change. Huh. Yeah. I know crazy right I mean every once in a while it, it will need to do 30 hours with a student who's maybe struggling in a couple of areas or maybe maybe someone who's had a concussion you know something like that but usually 20 to 30 hours it just it's like kind of life-changing huh I know well, it makes you want to do they it have, right? they have to be um, <laughs> well not only that but if you're if you're working with with kids you have to make it fun for them or they're not going to finish out those 20 hours well exactly Denise and see here's the thing you have to change the brain chemically before you can change it structurally so when I say chemically I mean we have to prepare them 
it, get them ready for brain training. So we have to do things that will, um, you know, like we have them do gratitude and because we know that that changes uh, the brain. Um, so we, we do little things that get them, get their brain to change chemically so that then they're, they have buy-in so that we then can do the activities and change uh-huh. their brain structurally. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, Amazing. and it's really fun. It's really fun for me because it's still like coaching. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Huh. Do you run into situations where the student, you know, young or older, just doesn't want to do the work? Um, I've been doing this for about 10 years now, and I would say I've run into maybe two or three. Uh, I mean, uh. most of, yeah, yeah, most of the kids that go through the brain labs uh, are, they really, they really are appreciative, and they really feel like it's a gift, and I really talk about that, how grateful they need to be to their parents for letting them go through this brain lab. And um, um, so, yeah, they, I'd say, I'd say 98% of the kids are really on board. Um, but if, if we do have a student that uh, doesn't buy in, then it's, it's really uh, my responsibility and the parents' responsibility to help them buy in, you know, uh-huh. the parent on one end motivating them, me on the other end, changing the chemicals in the brain. So we're really working together to do that, and and parents are really willing to do that, and so I think that's probably why we've had so much success. And it's fun, Denise. It's just fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I wish I had known about it when our son was in school. (laughs) We spent a fortune, an absolute fortune. We spent a college education on tutors. I know, and he know. and he has a and he has a genius IQ, but he just didn't fit that that black and white mold. I know, I know. You just you just never know. They can and and I would say ninety percent of the kids that come to me are really really smart kids, really really high functioning kids that just have maybe one area of the brain, one of those fundamentals that we mm-hmm. talked about earlier that that's right. not optimized. You know? Yeah. They, they either, they either have trouble paying attention or they have difficulty in their visual and auditing processing. Uh-huh. I don't know about, uh-huh. I don't know about memory. Do you run across memory uh, as being one that comes up over and over? Cause when they're younger, I wouldn't think that you would. No, more in my adult groups. Do I, do we go, um, do we have the memory situation? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought. Right. Right. You, yeah. You're absolutely right. With the kids, it's more executive functioning, um, visual processing, attention, those kinds of things. Now tell me this, because I'm very curious. Some, okay. some learn better through visual than they do through auditory. How do you reconcile that in your process? Well, it's going to show up in that first cognitive test that we do. I'm going to be able to see that. And um, it, that's totally fine because we're, we want to keep, if they're 
if they're more visual, that's great. That's, that's not the area we'd be working in. We'd be working in the auditory because what we want is we want them to have choices. We don't want them to have to compensate. Right. Otherwise they have to compensate. They have to use their visual because their auditory auditory is not good or vice versa, but we want them to have choices. So if we optimize all the areas of the brain, there's a lot of crossover anyway. So, um, you know, that way they have choices. They can use whatever best fits the the occasion or the test situation uh-huh. or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, Interesting. Um, yeah, that's, we're just, we're just giving them choices, giving them more opportunity. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me, and I'm sure it does to our listeners. We've just all been under the impression that you're either one or the other. There's no such thing as you're going to be both visual and auditory. I know, and that's that's kind of a myth, especially with uh, neuroplasticity. You know, that means that what what you practice is what you hardwire. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. if I see a kid that's more visual, that just tells me that for some reason he's been practicing that visual more than his auditory. That's what that huh. tells me. It from a level of neuroplasticity. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. It also helps, I know, and it also helps parents, uh, parents need to know that, again, what you practice is what you hardwire, right? So they ask me sometimes, so is it all right for my child to play, you know, six hours a day of video games? And I'll say, sure, if that's what you want to hardwire. But if you want to hardwire reading, writing, and math, we probably better be practicing those things. So, uh-huh. so practicing uh, the practice of creating hardwires is really good if you're moving in the direction of your goals. But if you're practicing something that's not helpful, then you know that's that can be the blessing and the curse. Uh huh. Interesting. It's really fascinating. Huh. What do now, you do different, with the ADHD children? Well, we start out with something called focus figures, and they're um, creating these visual shapes with pen and paper. And we start out at seven minutes, and they're doing this, and it's a nonverbal activity, so they can't talk at all. They're doing these focus figures. And then we start at seven minutes, and before the program is over, they're focusing for around 23 straight minutes without talking. And they're just challenging enough to um, that they like them, but not so challenging that it pushes them over the edge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's why they stay with it. And it's so funny because on the last day of the Brain Lab, I'll say, you just focus for 23 straight minutes. When is the last time you have ever done that without a screen involved? They're like never, never. So they get they get really excited. So we 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 start them where they are, and then we move to help them sustain their attention. And if they can do it with a pencil and paper, if they can do it like that, uh, and we can start to sustain that, then we're developing that skill. And then when uh-huh. they get back in the classroom, when they get back in the classroom, it's like an athlete going back into season. So they're using that skill. Right. If it were you or me, Denise, we would uh-huh. have to right. maintain it. But kids don't right. have to maintain it because you're putting them right back in school. 
Huh. Well, you know, considering you've been doing this, considering you've been doing this for ten years plus, I assume that you have learned a great deal about your program and you have perfected it over the years. Yes. Yes. And and made it more enjoyable and um I guess easier to use and and now we've got it in certain boarding schools. Uh we've got the curriculum in boarding schools where I go in and teach the staff how to then take their kids through the program because uh, schools like Kate School in Santa Barbara, they make mm-hmm. all of their freshmen go through this brain training program their first year. Which How old are I they? think is the freshmen. It'll be the freshmen. Uh-huh. So what are they? Um, 14, 13, 14? Isn't that fabulous? Coming. I know. I know. It's great. I think every school should be doing that. But um, yeah, anyway, some of the more progressive schools are doing it already so it's it's exciting to watch it i can only imagine some of our listeners are going i wonder what's where are those schools <laughs> who are they where <laughs> I are know. they <laughs> I know. I know. well we were talking about brain cards earlier um what specific ways do they help are you basically taking us back to the visual, auditory, memory, executive functioning, all of that? Or do they do more, less? What's the deal? Well, so card categorization, that research has been out there for years, that it retrains eye-hand, that it um, increases visual processing speed, that it helps with attention, executive functioning skills. I mean, that research has been out there for years. I mean, Tons of quarterbacks, professional quarterbacks, do card categorization daily. Um, oh, my gosh. But Didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So with the brain cards, um, we just I just took those and, and, you know, put colors and numbers and letters and different pictures and those kinds of things to make them more fun for kids. And then, you know, a lot of people, if they don't want to go through the brain training program or maybe they live – outside of California, if they're not going to get in to do the brain lab soon, they just order the brain cards from me and then they do them at home. That's the other thing that's really fun about them is you can time, you you time them, right? You time them doing numbers and then you time them doing colors and then shapes. Uh And then, uh, and then they turn around and have mom or dad do it and time them, you know, and it's so, it's so fun to, to watch. Yeah, the kids will say that to their parents when they come to the brain lab. They'll say, okay, mom, let's see how fast you are, you know. <laughs> so, you know, they're really fun. And, and they're you know, if you do them on a regular basis, uh, you can really see a difference. And it doesn't matter uh, I do what, 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 age, what age category. It doesn't matter. No. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a smaller set for uh, anyone under six. But from six up, then the regular brain cra- the regular brain cards uh-huh. work. Um, so um, we've kind of modified it for age group. I had a 98 year old man come in and buy a deck of them the other day. So <laughs> you know, All everybody's right. getting on getting on the All bandwagon. Right. I know, I know. I'm kind of curious about one thing. It's okay. a little off the subject, but not too terribly. 
How about people okay. who suffer from the beginning stages of dementia? Would it help them at all if they could concentrate? You know, I don't have any research to, to you know, substantiate that. Um, we did when I was uh, when I worked in Carmel. We did have a group that um, of women who came in who were just on just early uh, uh-huh. early onset. Right. And um, they enjoyed them, and they had fun, and they did this. You know, they loved the social piece of uh-huh. it. Um, uh-huh. But I don't have any research to back that up, and I we're certainly not a cure all. Uh, oh, but, of course not. You know, um, I just curious. I think in the future, yeah, I think in the future, I, I'm hoping that we'll get some more research out there um, uh-huh. about some of these things helping with that. Yeah, you know, they, it's just you know, with this early onset, they tend to have short memory loss. So I don't know yes. that that it would work. Yes. Well, where can and, people? And, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was going to say we have had a couple of people who didn't care about the research, and they they just um, did. They just bought the cards and and started doing them twice a week anyway, just to just to you uh-huh. know kind of slow down that process. So, um, yeah. but again, I don't have any research on that. Well, you know, I've I've had. Um, a lot of experts on my show uh, relative to books they've written about the brain. And uh, what always comes, comes back to me is you have to exercise it and you have to challenge it. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you stop doing that, you're going to start losing in the long run. That's true. And, and I, and you probably know this, but, um, I'll just say it because it's so important. What exercise does for the body is a drop in the bucket to what it does for the brain. Uh-huh. So even if they're not doing any brain activities at all, they need to be doing some kind of exercise because that in itself is helping the brain. That and gratitude, gratitude can rewire the brain in 21 days. So those are and meditation, we know that, right? But those three things and that's not even that's not even taking into consideration any of the brain activities that you can actually do uh-huh. to to you know, to enhance above and beyond those three things. Why why is it specifically gratitude that rewires? What's that about? <laughs> Well, it cha- gratitude changes the chemicals in the brain, and Why? when the chemicals and well, because it's it's a it's a it's a positive thing. It 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 changes and takes it to, you know, you're you're changing your focus to something that's positive, and when okay. you do that, you're you're changing the chemicals in the brain, and huh. if you do that over a certain amount of time, then your brain kind of resets itself. You know, into a a place where if if you start to get a little negative about something, you can flip that and say, oh, but wait, you know, it, I'm I always say to people that's a champagne problem, right? You know, yes. and they laugh, but but you know, it's like it's just about trying to find the good in every situation that rewires the brain 
for positivity, and we know that that is good for the brain. So, in your 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 daily activities, if just about any and everything you do, you just basically think it. I have gratitude that I was able to do that. I have gratitude that I have this. I have gratitude for my friends, for my family, for da-da-da-da. I think it's different for everybody. I get up in the morning, and it's one of the first things I do is write in my gratitude journal every morning. That's the first thing I do. Just I just jot down three or four things that I'm really grateful for. Okay. Um, And then if – Sometimes I, I walk over to the cafe and I'm sitting in there and somebody will ask me, what are you writing every day? I'll say, I'm just writing what I'm grateful for, you know, okay. and then, and then it kind of, and then it kind of catches on, you know, they're like, Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Do you remember so very, very long ago, Oprah did a whole show on gratitude. I do. I do. Yeah. It's, it's right. probably the only show I ever remember. <laughs> I know. I know. And now all the research is out there about it. So if you go to like the the brain research at, at uh, their conferences now, like at Harvard and uh, UC uh, San Francisco, there are these brain conferences. And if you go now, you, you know, they talk, they're talking about the exercise, the research about exercise in the brain, the research about gratitude in the brain, the research and around meditation in the brain. So, you know, it's out there. It's prevalent if if people just, you know, pick up a book. It's it's out there. So individuals that tend to be more on the negative side of life, in, you know, in their, in their thought processes, which then a lot of times creates depression, if they could mm-hmm. sit down and write a journal every day, Possibly in 21 days they'd be rewired, or they I, definitely I, would. Well, I, I think it's, I think it would be very helpful. You know, again, yeah. you're changing the chemicals of the brain. Yeah, the you just have to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's I, definitely I worth a try. You know, but it's yeah, you can't say there's definitely a lot of research. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I know I know I make my students do it. Make my students do it when they the first day that we go through the program, I have them text, I have them get out their phone for one and only time and text their parents something that three things that they're grateful for. Oh, that's and, great. And then put their phone away. And, and the parents are like, you know, like later on the parents are like, what? <laughs> you know? Like, but that's, you know, whatever you, whatever you need to do to get, get them, get their mind on the, the things I want them on, you know, the uh-huh. get their, uh-huh. um, chemicals in the brain changed. Right. So what would you recommend um, we do activity-wise, maybe on a daily basis to improve the brain performance? Well, again, besides exercise, right, I would, right. I would, um, and, and then, you know, the, some, the, you know, meditation is is huge, and it uh-huh. sometimes it's it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for me to fit it in too, but it's it's important and gratitude. And then, if you're talking about you know like exercises, um, well, let's just say they don't have any brain cards, but they've got you know other decks of cards around the house that they can you know card you know categorize them as quickly as they can. 
um, something where they're they're pushing their, themselves a little, you know, beyond what they typically do. Um, novelty is great for the brain. So little things like brushing your teeth. Are you there? Or to work that day. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you kind of went out there for a minute. So, so your last word was novelty? Novelty, really important in the brain. So doing little things like brushing your teeth with a hand that you don't typically brush your teeth with okay. or driving a, driving a different route to work, all of these things, anything that's novel in the brain, taking dance lessons, dancing, super great for the brain, any kind of mm-hmm. dancing. And especially learning a new dance that you don't already know. Those are all uh-huh. really great things for the brain. That's really great, great information. So where do people purchase your cards and then how do they learn about your whole program? Well, the website is Brain Matters with a Z, brainmatters.com. So it's okay. brain and matters, M-A-T-T-E-R-Z dot com. Okay. Uh, the brain cards are on the website. The programs okay. and the locations are on the website. Everything is. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So how, let's say you have, have a child today and you would like to get them enrolled with you. Um, how many total weeks is the process again, just to tell our listeners? One week, one week at at four hours a day, 20 20 hours are the brain labs, and those are all summer. Um, Like at Newport, where I'm going Uh this weekend, we go go five weekends of four hours on a Saturday or Sunday. So uh, we do it all year round, but um, the 20-hour program. So it just kind of depends on what they need, and they can go on the website, and there's a place they can submit – uh, in inquiries to me, and I okay. will get right back to them. Wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to add today? No, but I really loved uh, that you had me on to talk about this because I really want as many kids to benefit from this as possible. So thank you so much. Oh, it's been really enlightening, and I'm very appreciative of your work. You're really giving a lot back to society. Thank you. Thank you. I I really enjoy it, so it's fun. So, listeners, we've been talking with Dr. Terry Lindsay, and, again, she does have a book, Measuring Up, a guide to help students retain their brains for maximum academic capability, as well as, of course, her brain optimization program, which, if you go to her website, and again, her website is brainmattersz, as in zebra, dot com. Thank you, Terry. Thank you so much, Denise. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. That wraps up our program for today. Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another fabulous program for you. So until then, please be well. Bye-bye. 
We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 